Hey everyone, welcome to Feel the Gap, the podcast where we share stories and conversations about being human. And as usual, just a disclaimer that we're not professionals, just two friends gathering around talking about heart-to-heart things. And in fact, actually today is three friends that are just split up across the world. So today we have Claudia, who's still in Singapore. Um, I'm Jit, and I'm in Sydney, in Australia. And Lainini, our guest on the show today, who's in Hanoi in Vietnam. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Lainini. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Hello Claudia. Jit. Thank you You're for having me on your, your show. Our show. It's not a show. <laughs> your, your podcast. Yeah, our once in a year, or once in every couple of months podcast. Yes, there's more and more spaced out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're busy, but I'm glad we're doing but, uh, this. Yes, I'm glad too. And it's, I guess, timely that um, today we want to talk about loneliness, um, seeing as how I think it's quite apt as a metaphor, you know, like three people spread across the world talking on Zoom again. (laughs) I think that's quite speaking to the idea about how we live our lives. But um, I think I was having a a New Year's catch up with Mimi, who I've known for a while. And, you know, during one of these more deeper talks, the idea of loneliness came up. And I think, you know, I have been going through a number of changes in the last half a year. And while my mood has been going up and down with these changes and moving away from home, a big realization that I came to at the start of the year was really that I've been feeling lonely. Um, And I think it was really hard for me to admit that in many ways because I've you know moved around from a young age and it felt like you know it's my thing right I should be able to do things alone you know it's so it almost felt embarrassing oh to to say to admit that I was feeling lonely as though I couldn't handle being by myself um Mm. and so when I did finally you know just admit to myself in the shower of all places (laughs) that maybe I I really am lonely it was quite a releasing but also painful moment Mm. Yeah. yeah that's it's very interesting that it came at this point in time because I think yeah I've known you for a bit and you you have a pretty good description of yourself in the past like you're always that that wanderer um, wanting to travel around the world so when when I hear this it's like Oh, I see. That's that's interesting that this new phase, these new emotions are coming up now. How did mm. you how did you get to that realization? Hmm. I think it was that sense of um that I was so sad, you know, mm. to days that I felt a bit mildly depressed, but I was really this sense of emptiness. Mm. And and I think when I was on the call with Lainey, she described something really well. And when I heard that I, I I think I teared up a bit mm. it's it's the idea of you know from the morning you wake up till night you're in your own head you know mm. you wake up and you think about what am I going to do at work okay what I'm going to eat mm. what am I going to cook what am I going to work out mm. and then you go to bed at the end of the day and you realize oh you know the real the only real conversations you've had are with yourself in your own head 
Um, and I think, you know, and I think when I heard that, I felt like, yeah, I really felt that way. Um, and it's not like I don't meet people. It's like I go out of my way. Not, not out of my way, but I, you know, I, I still meet people every week. And my job is about talking to people, right? But it just, it doesn't feel the same. Like I, I might meet friends every week, but and I live with friends. Mm. But it also doesn't, there's just this, yeah, that sense of I'm living in my world alone. And I don't know, Lainey, you said something about it the other day. So you were saying like how a lot of like the thoughts are just in your head, right? And like, to me that that's like, as a, so I guess like a, like a late introduction, like I, I'm a sociologist. So I, um, that means like, you know, I was, I went to school for that. And then I did like my graduate study in sociology. So a lot of the way that I think about the world um, is in terms of, you know, our relationship to society and all this stuff. Right. So I just, you know, it really makes me think about how much of ourselves is other people and how, you know, as like human beings, if we're just in our head by ourselves, then, you know, it's, it becomes very hard to live. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, I really resonated with what Jit was saying that day, because last year I also went through a really um, lonely time as well, where I was just kind of in my room all day. So it wasn't like I was alone alone because I was still living with my parents and you know I was still going out with friends at night after I you know um, did my studies Um, so for background context I was um, doing online classes while I was in Vietnam but my classes were in the U.S. so they were on Mm. an American like um, time schedule so I would have to wake up at night and do my classes so I would wake up at like 3 a.m and have classes until 6 a.m. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty bad. Um, it was very lonely. And it, and it really made me think about like, why, why am I feeling this way? Because I, I tried to make sure that I had company, I had social company, you know, I tried to go out with friends, I went out for drinks, I went out for coffee, you know, and I, I mean, I even did my work in like public spaces, like coffee shops and all that right. stuff, right? And um. I was just trying to like make sure that I had people around me so that I um, wasn't, you know, slowly uh, <laughs> like uh, forgetting how to socialize or something. Mm. But like it, it still didn't really work, and it really like made me think like why why am I so lonely? Like what is that feeling? Like it it's not that I'm not seeing people. It was just like. Um, I wasn't able to see who I was anymore through the eyes of other people, you know, because they Mm -hmm. only saw certain, like, I wasn't able to interact with them outside of like, okay, we're going to catch up over coffee. You know, like Mm -hmm. I wasn't living my life with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, That for me was like a really big realization about how important people are, not Mm -hmm. just in terms of, you know, um, like socializing, but just for your overall sense of like well-being. Yeah. Um, that was really like 
no no that was that was great like it really paints a picture thank you for sharing yeah and I think that really resonates in the sense of you know we think yes sometimes we think oh it's it's just enough if you're meeting somebody right like we have coffee and I can share and I can tell you what's happening and sometimes those moments are great when you have a wonderful conversation and I think Lainey like when we had that conversation that day that night it really helped me a lot because it was a moment of really feeling like I don't know the fact that I could have such a vulnerable conversation and really felt like you understood and could give me a meaning or a way of describing how I was feeling like that helped a lot and and I get that these kind of conversations are important and at the same time though we don't have these conversations necessarily every day and we can't yeah and so we still live our lives you know very much alone and and I and the idea like you said like nobody's sharing my world in that day-to-day way that I feel connected to and it's not even about having a partner and I think like that's not even how I think of it as wanting to fill the gap it's it's just a sense of existence I don't know it just brings up this idea of feeling lost in my own existence in this world Mm. Mm. Um, and maybe that's part of that loneliness as well oh my gosh can we can I just say this there's just so much that's going on like there's a lot of thoughts swimming in my head this is a very complex thing to talk about and I love it so we we can definitely dive into a lot of different areas here but like the first thing that I want to say is the part that makes the most sense to me because I'm still trying to understand like the context of it all and trying to like relate to my own life but the part of uh, the, the parts that make the most sense to me is the the being seen I feel like in, in connect in the moments where you can connect with somebody and share your story and that person fully understands what you're going through or at least empathizes in, in a way that you feel you're being heard like the act of being seen and being visible that was what resonated with me like it sounded that that interaction with Lemi was was that and when I, I feel like when I have similar interactions with friends or with my partner, I feel very safe, like very okay. When even though it's a shitty feeling, even though it's like maybe very obscure thoughts about the world, about how you see yourself, how you see friendships, relationships, it might be very vulnerable to share certain thoughts. But when that person gives space to listen, and understand where you're coming from it's a very empowering feeling of like okay I know what you're I I I know what you're going through and I'm here to listen to your side of the story so I don't know if it's that but that's what resonated with me yeah absolutely you know I think it's such a powerful thing perhaps sometimes when you feel these vulnerable feelings that you don't know where to put it when you first say it to somebody, sometimes it's almost that you don't even know what you're saying mm. before. Mm. Like there's no, you don't know what you need in that moment yeah. of saying that, but there's a part of you that just wants to, to yeah. put it out no, there. Yeah, no, I, 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 sorry, I'm going to just slowly no, cut no, it here because right. I, 
I've had this thought over years and I never really quite put it to words unless I'm just like spitballing with Aaron. But I noticed that a lot of times I feel very energized or uh, my emotions are driving the conversation. I have this thing that I'm feeling, right? And then as I start saying words, the thoughts form together and mm. and then like it makes sense. So mm. I found that experience or whenever that happens to be very interesting and like exciting because sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking yet I just know this feeling is there and I need to articulate it in a uncertain way to because I don't know where it's going right like it can Mm. go north south wherever it you know I don't know but as I start talking then the the experience makes sense and Mm. somehow articulating it in like words to someone else it makes the whole thing validating right Mm. instead of because if I were to talk to myself it would go from point a to z like immediately and just bounce back and forth in between um so sometimes it it really helps and Mm. I never really quite shared that with someone else before but yeah go ahead no but I was gonna say you know I think that's powerful and it also depends on who oh yeah yeah is the one receiving it I think you know because it's such a uncertain place where you're putting all these strong feelings out yeah right that you don't even know what is coming out for when you have somebody who's not really maybe it's not that their intentions aren't right Mm -hmm. it's not that they aren't being attentive to you it's just at the same time sometimes it's hard for them to really mirror what you're feeling yeah or the way that they reach out and help you make sense of that feeling just isn't right and sometimes that can make your experience of sharing more hollow like you feel even more oh yeah after sharing because you're like wow that just did not help (laughs) yeah that did not make me (laughs) that did not make me feel better at all that just made me feel like you know how I said like that I felt a bit embarrassed about admitting that I'm lonely I think I had that experience of sharing with somebody and then when that person very well intentionally tried to care I had this really strong sense of I feel even more now that I feel bad that I felt Mm. Mm. yeah yeah you're absolutely right the the person that you choose to share these uncertain feelings about and uncertain thoughts about needs to be someone that can take that sort of thing Uh, and it's tough to find for sure yeah there's a lot of things that like from everything that you guys are saying like I I'm thinking about two things like one is the importance of friendship and then the second thing is like something I was talking to one of my other friends about is like you know the the protocols of how to be a good listener for your friend Mm -hmm. um so let me just say something first about my thoughts on friendship and loneliness first I guess um so like like I was sharing earlier you know when I was really really deep into that loneliness when I was like just alone in my house and like you know waiting for my classes to start and waiting for them to end and then going on about the rest of my life so I was like kind of living like two very separate lives like one as a student in a university in another country and then the second one as like just a 
regular person in Vietnam trying to, you know, make dinner and all this stuff. And it was just like two completely separate lives. And I, I think I was definitely kind of um, losing my marbles a little bit at that point. But so I, I'm serious. <laughs> it was, um, um, but like one of the things I tried that, that really helped me, I think, was having different friends for different um, conversations. Mm. Um, so what I've kind of noticed with my friends is like certain people can receive different parts of you really well yeah. and not others. So, and I, so I would, you know, have different friends from different time zones to talk to <laughs> in different parts of the day. Um, so that they, you know, um, and about different things. So, you know, one friend would be like good for talking about school stuff. Another one would be good for talking about, you know, relationships or family or, um, something like that. And, you know, I think that that's really important to, yeah, to the entire you know conversation we were having about like being seen and being listened to, because like without all that, right, it's just, yeah, it's really lonely. It's really hard to like figure out your thoughts and you're just kind of like stuck in this cycle. Sometimes mm -hmm. like my friends wouldn't even respond. Mm -hmm. um, but having just having that space where you feel safe enough to share and um, kind of just vent is, is I think really, really useful. Um, um, and yeah, and then the other thing was like the other day I was having this conversation with my friend about um, how to listen to people when they have, um, you know, stories to share with you mm -hmm. and how to make them feel seen mm -hmm. and kind of like how, like, you should keep an open mind about um, their experience and like giving them space to just, you know, say the things that they need to say, even if you don't agree and say, you know, I, I feel you, I understand you. And then after that, you know, if you don't want to just, um, you know, agree with everything after you validate their experience, then you can say, okay, well, I, I see where you're coming from, but I might not agree with this or that, but that part should only come afterwards, you know? And I, for me, that's very important. Um, when when my friends are able to do that for me I definitely feel a lot less lonely like um, because sometimes when you're sharing these big emotions like you can't really articulate um, in a healthy way what you're feeling mm. you know and having that space where somebody's like yeah I hear you I understand what you mean or like I understand what you are feeling mm. is is really really nice and it really helps you calm down and like you know are makes you more able to process these emotions mm -hmm. and then after that maybe it's an okay space to like break it down and talk about it and everything but I, I definitely feel a lot more lonely when somebody is just trying to jump right into trying to fix a problem mm -hmm. for me or you know saying like hey I think you're wrong because of this or I think you have the wrong perspective you know mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys feel that way but I I really agree with my friend when she was like talking about this whole, like her, her own protocol of like how to talk to people. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I agree because I think I feel the same way. So, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I do agree. And I think 
the the biggest part that I'm getting from that is making space first for the other person's feelings and thoughts or whatever they need to put out there um, rather than actually giving an input. Like I think giving an input doesn't have to matter or you as the receiver actually don't also have to matter um, in that, you know, you don't have to be the one that makes the change in the other person, right? Them turning to you doesn't mean you have to now take away their pain or be responsible for it or make them feel better. It's just you're there as a receiver and having a more organic space to receive or open space to receive can sometimes be more powerful than having our own agenda of what we need to help them with. Yeah, I think we are instinctively trying to solve problems like from school from work we're always solving problems but when it comes to like the emotional space and people sharing difficult things sometimes the instinct is to jump in to fix whatever it might seem to be fixable um but that's not what the person needs most of the time and i found in my own experience as well that uh when i get cut off in my charged rantings then I I feel like I shouldn't have said it like I feel like I shouldn't have shared this experience because you're not listening or you're not like I'm not asking for your input not yet at least right like I just want to share my story give you the full picture as much as I can before we think about problem solving even if I want to do that right and and I found that the people that have managed to sort of give me space and agree or or disagree whatever it is just give me space to process these emotions and thoughts first like I found those to be the best sort of interactions and what I need at that time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and you know kind of drawing it back to the theme of you know the idea of living a very lonely life you know I think what we've been talking about that we've kind of gone down this path of is talking about sharing that inner world that we have with somebody else and hoping that they could I don't know what it is right even right now it's hard to describe because to say they could give us an answer isn't it either right Mm -hmm. that there that there's just something that you're hoping by putting yourself out there you receive in return even if it's not a advice or anything like that but I guess the theme of that that I'm hearing is sharing an inner world with somebody mm-hmm. else. And, and it makes me wonder, you know, in our our generation, right? I was seeing this on, on Instagram, whatever, this reel. And it was saying, like, you know, nobody talks about the loneliness that we feel in our 20s mm. um, in this gen. And I was thinking how, you know, maybe that is real to to a large extent because in our 20s or in this generation at least it's so much about what do we take off you know what are our careers like are we forming you know new partners new romantic relationships are we doing things and are we exercising you know do we look fit you know whatever blah blah blah, blah. the whole list of things but then this is also the stage in life where you're trying to really separate yourself on your own path 
like you've left school behind, you've left a lot of organized play, organized social worlds, and you're trying to think about, okay, what's my future going to look like? And that's simultaneously scary and lonely at the same time. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, when I was going through that that period, that was like a very big thing I was thinking about too, of like, why am I feeling so lonely? And yeah, I, I really agree that like part of it is because of all these new things and these like expectations that we have in our 20s, right? Um, but it's also because this is like a very unstable period in our life where at least in the modern day, like we're not always tied to anything anymore you know like I I remember having the this conversation with one of my friends who was kind of going through the same thing in Vietnam about like you know the the lack of connections that we had um and like we didn't know how to make new friends we didn't know how to find a community because you know outside of work like we we didn't really have um like because we both went to school abroad so we didn't really have a very deep connection to the community in Vietnam and then um, to compound that you know like in the modern world now like we're kind of just kind of stuck in our workplaces or in our families and there just isn't as much of a chance to participate I think at least maybe it was just because we didn't know how um, or we just weren't in the context to to have those connections maybe other people in in Vietnam or other places are finding those connections but for us specifically it was like you know the lack of opportunities outside of work um there was just yeah it's very hard to make friends these days mm. um especially yeah, yeah like that I mean yeah it's you go to work and then you go home and I guess on the weekends, if you're really trying hard to get yourself out there, you could maybe join some community events or maybe, I don't know, go strike up a conversation with a stranger. But it's also, you know, there's a lot of like risk in doing that. You know, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be similar to you because they're not already in your circle, you know, so the chances of failure for, for like not connecting are a lot higher. So mm. the compounded loneliness of being 20 and. Yeah. And then, you know, but then at the same time, we have this narrative that this is supposed to be the time of your lives, right? You know, you see people going out and doing things, you know, um, obviously the age of narrative, social media, blah, blah, blah. But, but I guess, I guess there's a really sense of, at the back of our minds, oh, my 20s is slipping away from me, or shouldn't I be doing more with my time, or shouldn't I feel more? I, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, the fact that I always feel like a granny, but the fact that, you know, <laughs> to feel even more like I'm an 80-year-old lady experiencing that loneliness of life at this stage can feel quite, well, is this really what life is about? Yeah. So I want to like go back a little bit about family. Uh, well, we don't even talk about family, but we were talking about how we're not, there's no one around to watch us 
in our day-to-day in our growth and I want I was curious about family like if you were living with your family and you or, or maybe friends whatever your situation is that had you have a relationship with your housemates that that they're able to see you through your day and you you're able to share um parts of your day with them like does that help in terms of the loneliness aspect or is it something deeper like was there a certain amount of um intentional connection that you that that qualifies for this anti-loneliness I'm not sure what I'm trying to say but like I'm trying to figure Mm -hmm. out if a a friend a family sort of situation can help with this yeah Mm, I think that's a good question and I think it's subjective right I think everybody's because loneliness is an emotion not a state and so I think that can be a very subjective thing depending on what people are feeling with their family members or their stage in life. Um, But I think for me in particular in this case, it was that realization that I didn't have somebody that I felt like I could just turn to whenever I needed or felt like doing something. It was that if I really wanted to go do something, if just, you know, like just going for a coffee, going for a walk, and I, if I didn't want to do it for myself, I had to intentionally seek somebody out and not know if they would want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of not having somebody readily available who I trusted could just will be there. Oh, I felt so comfortable to know that it's okay to ask them. Mm. I think not having that person was was hard and and I guess for me being at home you know because of I had a good relationship with my parents they could fill that hole at times Mm. but then I also remember when I first moved back to Singapore after a while away they did not fill that hole for me like I felt lonely even though I was living with them Mm. and I think because I had my previous friends had been the people who I saw as filling that hole Mm. Right. So in a way, I guess it was the stage of life and the type of connections that I had. Um, So for me, it was like I was sharing earlier, like I was always around my family, um, but I I don't think it really helped with the loneliness at all for me, because um, to me, not being lonely is really about having community and I don't want to say being like seen as who you are, right? Because sometimes, you know, you don't even know who you quote unquote are. Um, And like nobody I think can ever see you in your, you know, complete state, whatever that is. Um, But, you know, there are certain things, I think facets of our identity that um, I guess like for sociologists, we call like salient, like salient parts of our identity that we value very highly. And if other people are not seeing that, that really, for me, like loneliness is really a loss of self. Um, It's not just a feeling, it's like Mm. um, kind of just like, I mean, yes, it is a feeling, but it's also kind of like losing a sense of identity, of community, Mm. and just, Mm. you know, just like floating, just being like, Mm a mind inside of a void to me that's what that's what it is that's how I would describe loneliness Mm. um 
And so, yeah, like for me, it, I could not um, relate to my parents in many, many ways mm. um, because of, you know, just the differences in our experience. Like they, they're, you know, um, immigrants. They had a very different life than I did. They have very different values. They have very, um, yeah, just a very different life. And I couldn't really relate to the things that they were experiencing and the things that they believed in. Um, and I remember distinctly like thinking like, wow, I really wish I had somebody who I could talk about the things that were relevant to me, which were at that point um, very American issues um, that were not really very relevant to, to most people in Vietnam. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just like complete disconnect of just like living in this like bubble where, um, yeah, no, where I, I was, yeah, yeah. What yeah. about you? No, that makes sense. I'm, I'm pretty similar to you, Limi. Like, um, like I love my parents, um, but we're very different. So even though I'm around them, if I'm already feeling lonely, I it's the odds are like hanging out with them doesn't improve that situation yeah sometimes sometimes it does like on the rare occasion but other times it might show the the disparity even more and and it sucks um and I guess in this case uh, I'm very lucky to have to have my partner Aaron who's very very patient so when I have when I when I feel bouts of loneliness, um, and I share that feeling with him, he's able to take that in without without sort of feeling like he's responsible for it. So he's able to make space for it without um, trying to solve the issue or without trying to put blame on himself. Like this is my problem to solve. So the ability to to have that separation i think is super powerful and it goes back to like the conversation we had earlier about friends just listening and to me even though like after i share my feelings of loneliness with with him it it doesn't necessarily dissipate the feelings immediately but but just knowing that i have someone like that could already gives me a sense of ease that i feel less lonely um, because obviously when he feels similar feelings that he comes to me and it's like, right, I forget sometimes that you're also human going through these human emotions. And 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 when that happens, even though it's like sometimes I'm lonely, but sometimes he's lonely and that doesn't necessarily sync. Like it's a, a shared reminder that, you know, we we have our tough times and we're still here for each other. And I think that goes beyond like a partner as well like if you can when you find friends that are that are able to give you this space like those are the friends that I treasure the most and I also treasure the the other friends that you know you hang out just for fun or you are able to have a good time with but in in times of need in times of difficult emotion uh, I'll pick the ones that can serve that space um and and there's a lot of points that I agreed with throughout this conversation like it's difficult to find friends at this age at this point in our lives it's it's just work right it's work and old friends and old friends that know your history know your past 
And it's just, it's difficult to make that first new connection because of the risk and vulnerability and also a lack of finding people. <laughs> and then once you do reach out and try and make friends, sometimes you find that there's like a mismatch, right? Then that mismatch is it's not, it, it further deters the act of wanting to find friends. But then you know inside that, Sometimes it's good for you to get new friends. So it, there's a lot of like inconsistencies through the mind and the body. For me, at least, like I go through cycles of I feel lonely. I want to meet new friends and discover new things about a person, think their hobbies, their stories, their past. Like I get so excited thinking about it because I remember going through that with new friends and like it's just so fun. But then that's only when you have like a good interaction and then all the 10,000 other bad interactions that you have it's a strong deterrence so that's for me at least you know hmm. yeah and it's not easy and I think sometimes you know you mind you you know there's a lot of things that we know are good for us but we don't do <laughs> and I think yeah. and then and, and like they always say it's always like simpler said than done right for most things in life um yeah. And and sometimes it just doesn't feel like that's what you want. I think for me, there was a constant sense of, oh, okay, so maybe since you're lonely, you should try to make new friends then, or you should try to reach out. Mm -hmm. And then there was also a very strong part of me that says, no, I don't want to. Mm. Like, that's not the connection that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a new person to fill mm. this void. Or rather, this is not how I want to deal with this right now. It doesn't feel authentic to me or to the pain that I feel I'm trying to grow in. Mm. And and so sometimes it just feels like no, I don't, I don't really want to put myself out there. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not just because it's effortful, which it really is, but it's also that that's not what I want. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then. And then a part of you don't know, see that so you're not helping yourself out or, and, and all of that. But but I guess the other outlook that I decided to take is maybe accepting yeah. that this is the phase in my life in which I'm lacking that connection that I want. Yeah. Even though it's hard to name what that connection is. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to even decipher what exactly you need sometimes. Mm. And I think that is the harsh reality that you described earlier, that sometimes you want to do something and you don't know who to reach out to, whether or not they're going to say yes to that. And I was thinking about that. And I can't guarantee that uh, Aaron would say yes to everything that I want to do. Or at least I can't guarantee that uh, he would meet me at my level of enthusiasm. Like, let's say tomorrow I want to join like a weird yoga class. I don't think he'll be like, oh yeah, let's do it, you know? And mm. and I can't also give, like name off the top of my head who that person would be for me to feel comfortable to want to do that. And that is an unpleasant thought because it's nice to have that sense of security of like, this is my person for doing A, this is my person for doing B. But the reality is we don't have that. And oh, that's, we don't always have that. Yeah. I no, I I I I think we don't have that. Mm. Like I cannot guarantee that Aaron will be around tomorrow 
for him to always do like whatever we do together, we cook together, we eat together. And there's that sense of routine and continuity there. But I can't guarantee that he'll always do that. And it's just not within his control as well or within my control. It's just the nature of life. Yeah. But even then, you see, it's not about the absolute, right? It's not about the yes or no, mm. he is or he is not. It's that for the 90 or the 70% of time, <laughs> there is this trust and safety Mm-mm-mm-mm. that he is there. Right. right? And and exactly like you said, I don't. He probably won't share your enthusiasm for going to yoga tomorrow morning at six a.m. <laughs> but you wouldn't feel like you're putting him in a spot to ask him. Right, right, right. I get you. You wouldn't saying. feel you're being vulnerable to put yourself out there to just say, to even ask. That? That's yeah. right, and that sense of I think that gap can itself be scary. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I think there was something you said earlier, Claudia, that I really wanted to come back to, which mm-hmm. was that idea. And, you know, Lamy, if you have any thoughts, you can interrupt at any time as well. <clears throat> but I think that the thought that you said was when, you know, times when Aaron would say, oh, yeah, this is also another human that's suffering. Mm. Um, and I think that, that was something that has helped me in some ways in more maybe in a more spiritual way when I think about not religious but spiritual in the sense of my loneliness is not unique to me and the idea that actually most painful or negative emotions that people feel are not new Mm. at some point in time in history and in fact at some point in time now there is someone out there that is experiencing something very much what you're feeling and the idea that all human beings are just trying to do their best to feel less lonely in many ways I think that sometimes helps me not in the sense of feeling like oh everybody's sad yay great um but you know that this loneliness that I feel isn't something that's lonely and I am on a journey to find a little less loneliness in this life like everyone is. And I think that was the acceptance that I was saying earlier about instead of trying to fill my world, wanting to accept this phase in my journey instead. I think that's a very... um... I don't, um, yeah, it's a very like mature way to think about it. And I think it's a really good way to cope with the loneliness. I definitely wasn't able to do that. But um, now, like hearing you say that, I think that would have been really good advice for me at that time. I don't know if I would have been able to receive it, to be honest. (laughs) But, you know, now out, out of that moment, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, if I was able to sit in that feeling of being lonely, um, maybe the entire experience would have been very different. Um, maybe I would have been able, I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, right? But um, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody has a different way of coping with things, but I do think that that's, that's quite a good way to think about it. Um, 
and maybe just trying to make the best of a situation that sometimes you don't really have any control over instead of worrying about it needlessly and then becoming even more lonely in the process. Like the, the cycle that I was stuck in with my friend was like, we were just both going on and on about like why we're lonely and how we're not willing to get out of it. Because like what you were saying before, like we didn't want certain connections, you know, like we both could have very easily popped out to an expat bar and made friends with expats, right? Um, and at some points, like we both went on like friend making apps to like meet like expats, not for like dating, but like, <laughs> but like for like, oh, wow. for, <laughs> it, it, um, no, we were like trying intentionally to make friends, but you know, I think um, we did kind of miss an opportunity there to kind of just be in that moment and because I think we were both feeling like this is a moment of crisis you know the loneliness is so overbearing that we had to like end it and we were just so focused on you know how we were lacking you know like oh we're we don't belong in Vietnamese society or like we don't belong um in the expat world because of this or that reason and that's why we can't have friends or whatever the, the the thought was at that time it was very negative um so yeah very good advice i'm curious how did you eventually get out of it maybe oh gosh um <laughs> i'm a capitalist sheep um went back to work <laughs> no i mean that's that's that i mean what helps helps right yeah yeah i i definitely could not sit in the loneliness I could not I was um yeah I went back to work and you know I it really helped me to kind of like immerse myself in Vietnamese community and like I guess like being exposed to like more people and I I think you know this is something that maybe um other you know, I don't know, like third culture kids might be feeling too of like just not belonging. And mm-hmm. I, 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 for me, I was like, okay, uh, what I need is to try to understand the people that I'm living around more. I can't just live in my own bubble if I want to remain in this country. And if I want to live my life here, mm-hmm. I need to learn how to, you know, talk like they do. I need to at least learn how to think like they do. I don't have to agree, but at least I have to know what people are thinking about, what they're talking about, what matters to them. So I went back to work here um, and I've never done that before. Um, and I, I think it really helps. Like I was really able to you know, learn the language, learn how people talk, learn. Um, and like the really small things made me a lot less lonely because like things like memes, you know, like um, might sound a little bit funny, but like being able to relate to people in like very small daily things like that made a big difference. I was like, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. This cultural pop reference. I I know it now. I can join into conversations, you know, like things I could never do before um, when, when I was like kind of stuck in my own head. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, it's like slightly different to, to the loneliness. I think that Jit's talking about because the loneliness for me was also coming from um, uh, a cultural mismatch um, between me and the 
the place that I was in, you know, and like once I was able to read and write and like understand, like read things and just like being in a part of like a vibrant living culture, <laughs> that was, that was really what made me feel a lot better. Um, made me feel like I was, I was part of something and not just like, you know, um, <laughs> like a random floating brain. Hmm. I, I think that's really true, Lady. And I think it's, I think it's a similar thing, not that it's different from mine, right? And that maybe a big part of loneliness is that mismatch. When you feel a mismatch from something or someone or some place, and, and a part of it is not feeling that belonging, right? That whether it's I'm not, I don't belong to a person or I don't belong to a, a community, and, and that, you know, can take on many forms to give rise to loneliness. And it could be very existential in that way of, you know, what am I, who am I here? Or what am I here for? Or what am I in this world? Yeah, it's definitely very existential. Um, me even now, like I feel, I, I feel lonely now too in work because you know, like I'm um, working in the finance world, but I don't, I don't feel any particular, you know, um, attraction to what I'm doing or to the field. Not like the people who are in my company. So there, there's still like some loneliness, right? So I think mm. you're really spot on about that. Of like loneliness being some some sort of mismatch and the the intensity is going to vary by you know what that mismatch is you know Mm. and I don't think there's ever I don't know maybe there are some lucky people out there who never feel lonely but I I really (laughs) doubt that um Mm. I'm, I'm sure that everybody feels some degree of loneliness yeah I think Jit you really shared like some good advice there about accepting the situation that you're in um it's tough when you're in a bout of like a low um trying to accept that this is your reality for now the whole point of being in a low when you're in it it's just like how do I get out I need to start climbing do I climb this ladder or, or that it's We've all been there. And I experienced the same with anxiety. Like, I can't just sit with it. It's tough. And I know that's that's the solution. If any of if anything is a solution, that is the solution. And I think with loneliness, it's even scarier than anxiety because it's it feels like there's it's gonna be forever. Like there's no human around to, that that can help me get out of this but that's not the point the point isn't to get out of it but to understand that this is just part of life and maybe that's okay maybe that like for now this is okay and and a helpful reminder whenever i'm in such a position is that everything will pass <laughs> like as long as it takes whatever is shape or form it will it will change and it will pass. And that it gives me some sense of ease. Yeah. 
So I think you gave some pretty powerful advice, even though it's hard. Not everybody can accept it at that time. Mm, I agree with you. And, you know, I don't, I know you use the you and Amy use advice, but I cringe thinking advice. Okay, not, not advice, <laughs> your your experience, your the way right. that you've coped. <laughs> right, that I'm trying to cope, I guess, like yeah, you yeah. said. And, and I think that's real, right? Like, it's hard to that's the definition of being in the low is that when you're you're in a low because you can't see any way out and everything feels really inevitable or hopeless like everything you just continue this way and I guess loneliness sometimes feels scary because it feels like it's so dependent on somebody else yeah making yeah. you feel a part of something right because loneliness is not having somebody else yeah and that's why it feels almost scarier. Um, but then like Lamy was saying about fluctuating intensities that, and like you were saying about change is that even now as I'm trying to hold on to that as a way of pushing through, I also know that there are days that I don't feel as low as I feel. And there are moments that I don't feel as low as I might feel at others. And kind of recognizing that, you know, I have to remember it, it changes all the time and maybe if I just allow it to keep coming and keep going eventually it'll change to a place where I don't even recognize where I was at the start of this year yeah and in saying all of that I think that's a good time to wrap up for today um let me you know as our special guest after so long of not doing this <laughs> podcast thank you for being here but you know are there any you know final thoughts that you like to share about you know starting off this new year as difficult as it might be for some other people out there mm, I think you know the biggest thing I learned out of being alone um, it's, it's going to sound really corny and maybe this is not in the spirit of what we were talking about, of sitting with the loneliness, but um, what really helped me was realizing how important other people were um, and valuing that, not just, you know, the deep connections, but the really passing ones too, that really helped, um, that really helped me honestly um, feel more a part of something you know, knowing that I'm human, knowing that I need people just as much as other people need me, um, really helped me to feel at least some sort of connection to something bigger than myself, um, which helped with loneliness in some ways. So, I mean, yeah, like if you're lonely, you don't have to act on that and, you know, find connections that don't serve you. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's good to realize like you don't um part of part of being human is relying on other people and having other people in your life and that doesn't make you any less of less than you know um yeah so cherish the people in your life I guess that's <laughs> that's what I'm ending on <laughs> okay even the strangers <laughs> even the strangers you're part of their world too yeah. yeah, I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you, everybody. Claudia, any final words? Um, no, thank you, Lamy, for joining us on this wonderful episode. Uh, it's nice to come together and talk about these things um, 
once in a while and, and we're ripping off the band-aid after a couple of months many months um and i really enjoyed myself thank you for taking the time all right thank you so much for having me guys of course yeah. wishing everybody the best out there and see you again on hopefully and not too far away <laughs> all right take care everyone bye bye, bye.